0: Hello my wonderful, beautiful friends, guys. Welcome back to our slash entitled people. For in today's episode, a Karen loses her phone and she fakes an emergency to get it back. Guys, as always, the stories are outrageously entitled, so sit back, relax, kick your feet up, and enjoy the ride. Also, subscribe if you haven't, an email will be right here for story submissions, guys. Let's dive in. Recently, I started working at a hotel as a kitchen supervisor. In the mornings, while I'm making breakfast, I like to put on music while I work, to wake myself up, as I go in at 4am, and sometimes zone out and start singing along. It's nothing but Disney music, nothing with bad language or inappropriate subject matters, so my boss doesn't mind. Since I've worked there, every review I've gotten have all said the same thing. Breakfast lady is so cheerful and happy, her singing really made our morning. It's nice to see someone who enjoys what they do and I've never gotten complaints about my food. Well, today, I get to work, and my boss pulls me to the side, and tells me that someone's been complaining about breakfast. They said my breakfast was nasty, that my breakfast area was extremely dirty, but most of all, my music was too much for the time of morning, and my singing was completely inappropriate. Again, I only play Disney music, and it's not even that loud. The person was mad that we didn't have what they wanted for breakfast, and that they don't like music in the morning. So today, I didn't play any music, and I didn't sing. Before I left, my boss pulls me to the side again, and this time, he tells me that the guests are asking if I'm okay, because I'm not playing my music or singing, and that they miss my joyful singing. Karen may not like joy in the morning, but everybody else does. Okay, so clearly the person who complained isn't a morning person, or is a person who hasn't had their morning coffee yet. Guys, I'm not really a morning person either, but I also wouldn't go out of my way to complain if someone was enjoying their morning by singing and listening to music that they love. Like, why rain on someone else's parade, right? Okay, so this is a wild story, and honestly, I'm really upset about it. This Karen is something else. She's crazy and a true garbage human being. So I work at a place that has a separate room where customers can do private business. It's got a separate entrance and it's loaded with cameras. So a customer complains that there's a woman in there smoking and on the phone. I went to the room, opened the door, and stayed at the entrance. I do this so I have an easy exit if the person attacks me. And the room reeks of cigarettes and here's our Karen. Like, she honest to god looks like a Karen. The hair, the glasses, she's short, she's stocky, she's got a cart full of stuff, a dog in there, and she's on the phone loudly screaming to some poor soul on the other end. I say to her, excuse me, if you're not using the room for its intended purpose, you're gonna have to leave. At this point, Karen yells at me saying, excuse me, I'm on the phone, can't you see that? You're so rude. I tell her again that she's gonna have to leave, and at this point, there's a line of three people waiting, and Karen yells, I'm disabled, and you're not letting me finish my phone call. Do you wanna get fired? Now this went on for like 10 minutes, but she was slowly gathering her things to leave. A nice lady waiting lost their patience, and she enters the room, told her to get out, and grabbed her cart. And at this, Karen loses her mind. She lashes out at the nice lady, starts yelling, I've been assaulted, I've been assaulted. The woman is screaming and yelling, and she collapsed to the floor, and she's calling me names and telling me to get out. She's saying she's gonna call the cops for assault. So I leave, and the cops show up, and they take statements. But this isn't the first time Karen's falsely accused somebody of assault. Now, you'd think that's the end of the story. Nope, not this Karen. She phones corporate, crying, saying that I assaulted her. And I tried to take her service dog away from her. The next day, I get a call from corporate security. I'm not worried because I know I did nothing wrong. Plus, the cameras in the room are in color with audio. Corporate reviews the video and ends up telling Karen that her behavior is unacceptable. And guess how Karen took that? She comes back the next day, enters the main building, and starts loudly calling for a manager. When that doesn't work, she starts yelling about the horrible Asian employee who attacked and assaulted her, and that she's going to stand outside to make sure that everyone knows about it. So this Karen has been doing this for the last couple of weeks. She has nothing better to do with her time, except protest me. She stands at the front, telling everyone who's going to listen about the evil Chinese lady attacking this poor disabled Karen. It's one of the most insane encounters I've ever had with one of the nastiest entitled Karens out there. It's straight up harassment and slander. If you have any advice on dealing with harassing Karens, please let me know. I'm considering getting a lawyer at this point. Yeah, so that's definitely an extreme form of harassment by the sounds of it. And that woman sounds like she might have some screws loose as well. Like, I'm actually surprised that police haven't come and dealt with her after the first few days. Like, how the heck did this continue for a couple of weeks? So I worked for a research facility, which funds clinics handling patients for our area of expertise. To celebrate our first completely funded sites, we've decided to create t-shirts to commemorate our success. I was tasked to design the tees and have them printed and produced for our next conference. I secured a local printer to produce the shirts, and when they were completed, I went to the printers to pick them up. When I got there and produced my invoice, they needed to prepare and wrap them up which would take a few minutes, and I can wait in the lobby. So while waiting, a woman and her son, who's around 5, came in for her order, for a family reunion. She barely paid attention to the staff, and when told to wait, she got on her phone, pretty much ignoring her son, who was running around the lobby, screaming at the top of his lungs. The boy then decides to run behind the counter towards the back, where the printing machines were. The counter clerk tried to get the woman's attention, but she just ignored the clerk and continued talking on the phone, The counter clerk did successfully get the kid to go back into the lobby, but she was called to the back to pick up my package. The kid took this as his chance to shoot behind the counter and went running into the back. I thought one of the staff would catch him, but they were swamped with orders, and they just didn't see him run past. By the time someone spotted him, it was too late. There was a loud, high-pitched scream, and then crying. And then there was a loud commotion, and it appeared everyone was screaming. Except the Karen, who was still on her phone, oblivious to the chaos coming from the back. That's when another staff member comes out carrying the crying kid, and holding a bloody towel around his hand, and screaming to the receptionist to call 911. It's only then that the woman turns around to see her son, and then she screamed at the staff member, ''What did you do to my son?'' The staff member stated that somehow the kid got to the back, ran up to one of the working machines, stuck his hand in between the hot blades, and it sliced one of his fingers. The woman then starts screaming at the staff member and the counter clerk, berating them, threatening to sue them while ignoring her son, who's still in the staff member's arms, who's trying to stop the bleeding. That's when I, a nurse, comes up, assess the situation, and got something to slow down the bleeding, to try to save the mostly severed finger. As the ambulance pulled up, the mom was actually still on the phone, telling whoever she was talking to what happened to her son, and she still hadn't checked on him, or even touched, her son. The staff member then transfers the voice to the EMTs. And they put him in the ambulance and took him to the hospital. Now this a-hole of a parent actually waited and demanded her package before she even attempted to follow the ambulance to the hospital. A month later, when I went back to the printers for another order of t-shirts, I asked if they ever heard what happened to the boy. He did lose his finger, and the mother was charged with neglect due to testimony by the staff of the shop. I didn't find out much more than that, but I do hope the mom did not regain custody of that poor kid. Ugh, what the heck is wrong with some people? Like, I'm actually hurting for that boy, whose mother didn't even bother to come to him when he was in distress. Like, at that point, I feel like the kid was more like an unwanted burden more than anything. So this person shares a comment that says, When I was working in a local supermarket, a Karen and another woman were busy trying to call an operator to receive a number at a Western Union station. Her son was a fidgety, hyper child dancing inside the front basket of their shopping cart. Nearly every person that walked by, employees and shoppers alike, kept telling the child that he'd better sit down. The night manager walks by and told the Karen that the kid shouldn't be in that area of the cart, or it'll fall over. The kid was weakly scolded, and he did sit down for about two minutes, only to get up and start dancing again, stomping around like two-year-olds do. This time, the boss was watching him, and sure enough, the cart and the kid flopped over. Out of nowhere, Karen screams bloody murder and she was pacing the front end of the store. The manager immediately calls 911. The ambulance arrives, takes the kid and the woman away, but without missing a beat, the Karen yells, I'm gonna sue this place. You hurt my kid. So two months later, the boss and the head manager were summoned to court. She did sue the company, only to lose. Neither the boss nor the head manager ever needed to testify. What the women failed to recognize was that in order to have a Western Union station, there has to be a front-facing camera over the station phone, and that camera recorded everything. That was all the testimony the judge needed to throw out the case, and cited child neglect on Karen because the kid broke his arm. Okay, so I work for a company that services elevators. This includes calls from our clients, as well as answering the emergency phones inside the elevators if people become stuck. Now, 95% of the time, we get a call from inside the elevator. It's just kids or someone who hit the button by accident. 4% of the time, we actually have someone stuck. And the other 1%, it's Karen. So on this day, my phone rings, so I glance over to see that it's actually coming from inside an elevator. I pick it up thinking it's another prank call. I find the address in my system and prepare to say, Hello, is anyone there? For about 30 seconds and then go back to playing Stardew Valley on my phone. But not today. Today, Karen had other plans. I quickly get out the standard intro and to my surprise, there's actually someone on the other end of the line. Karen says, Hi, I need to speak to a manager or something. And yes, she actually said or something with the inflection of a question. Now, there's so much stupid packed into that one question that I'm almost speechless. Let's unpack the stupid, shall we? Stupid point number one. Karen is using an emergency elevator phone, and she's wasting an emergency response line's time to try to make a complaint. Stupid point number two. Her question doesn't make sense. Does she want my manager? Because we have thousands of employees and dozens of offices. Does she want the account rep for her building? Does she want the supervisor of the technician who handles the building? Does she want the manager of her local branch? I don't know what Karen wants, and I'm pretty sure I left my Nintendo Switch at home, so it can't be that. And stupid point number three. We can't give or share any information to anybody who's not with the building management. In fact, anyone who's not with building management shouldn't even know our phone number. I then ask, can I ask what this is regarding? Karen says, no, give me a manager. I then say to her, well, the problem is, we do have hundreds of managers who manage different things. I need to know what type of thing you're having trouble with, so I know which manager to transfer you to. At this, Karen responds, uh, the manager in charge of elevators? Hello? By now, my spider sense is tingling, and I'm opening up the building history. Something stinks, and it's all too familiar smell of Karen's BS. I find out that this woman has caused a scene earlier about dropping her phone down the elevator shaft. I then tell her, please hold, while I get the manager of elevators, trying not to chuckle to myself. I place Karen on hold to get her good and wound up before I make her feel stupid. I then say, hi Karen, thank you for holding. Now, before I put you through to the manager of elevators, I just need to confirm. Did you call us this morning to request a technician come to retrieve a phone that dropped down the crack beneath the elevator door on the ninth floor? At this, Karen says, no, and she knows she's busted. I then say, and at the time, were you told to contact building management as we cannot dispatch a technician unless building management requests it or we have someone trapped in an elevator? Karen says, no. And after that, did you call again pretending to be trapped in the elevator with a baby in an effort to bypass building maintenance and get us to send a technician to the site? Now at this point, I can hear her starting to tear up. Karen says, well I was trapped in the elevator and there was no ventilation and my baby was getting very hot and I needed to get him to a doctor. I say to her, I understand, but did you try dialing 911 when you were trapped? All from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P. Karen says, No, because I dropped. Now she was about to say that she dropped her phone down the elevator and realized that she was about to get caught in a lie. So I tell her to please hold. I put Karen on mute to get her even more wound up. Go to the bathroom and then come back and say, Hi Karen, thanks for holding. Are you still there? She says, I'm here. I tell her, okay, great. I was worried I would lost you. Now, when the technician arrived, he found that the elevator was still working and diagnostics showed no errors. In fact, In the 35 minutes between your call and the technician arriving, the elevator was used 8 times and there was no record of anybody being trapped. Karen responds, Yes, that's what he said, but he wasn't there. I was trapped for over an hour with my baby. He has a fever and I tell her to please hold again. I then put her on hold for another 10 minutes. I then come back and say, Hi Karen, thanks for holding. I just need to confirm. When our technician arrived to have you released from the elevator, were you waiting in the lobby and did you demand he retrieve your phone from the elevator shaft? Karen responds, Yes. And when he told you to contact building management to get the $900 elevator pit retrieval fee approved, did you begin screaming at him to retrieve your phone immediately or you would get him fired? Karen says, Well, I wasn't screaming. And when this happened, who was watching your baby? Karen says, What baby? The one you were stuck in the elevator with that had the fever. Oh, she was upstairs. I put her down. I then say to her, I thought you said it was a he. Well, that doesn't matter though. You left an infant alone so you could yell at the technician. Now the woman tries to turn it around on me asking, are you telling me how to parent my child? So I then tell her, okay, Karen, what I'm doing right now is I'm putting a note in the system to have your phone retrieved free of charge from the elevator shaft. Now at this, Karen begins to thank me when I interrupt and say, you're very welcome. We'll be retrieving it for you on the next scheduled maintenance day, which will be within the next three to six weeks. If you want someone today, you need to contact building management to call us and approve the $900 retrieval fee. In addition to the $500 fine for faking an emergency that you'll be receiving from your landlord. At this, Karen hangs up before I was able to transfer her to the manager of elevators. I later spoke with building management who was livid. Karen had originally spoken to them about the phone. However, she refused to be billed for it, so management refused to make the call. Also, her baby wasn't sick. In fact, it didn't exist, unless her baby is four cats. So Karen's gonna be super disappointed when her phone's retrieved, and it's shattered to a million pieces, I can't imagine what it's going to look like after a nine floor drop. If I were her, I wouldn't even bother with that $900 fee. Just put that into a new phone, Karen. Like, it's crazy though, faking an emergency to retrieve your phone. Some people never cease to amaze me, guys. They really, really don't. So this happened in the late 90s when I was nine years old. To give a bit of context, so this makes sense. When I was younger, my mother rescued and rehomed animals, as well as bred them for profit. Now we weren't like a puppy mill. Most were purebred cats, dogs, and horses, which had homes lined up before conception. One of the dogs that was rescued was a pregnant Great Dane cross Bull Mastiff, who delivered about five puppies not long after we rescued her. What we didn't expect was parvo, a highly contagious virus that affects dogs and has a very high mortality rate. I can't remember if the mother had Parvo, or if the puppies caught it after they were born. But out of all the puppies, only one survived, and that was a boy we named Tiger. Now anyone familiar with the temperament of a Great Dane will understand what sort of dog Tiger was. To call him a gentle giant is an understatement. He had the height of a Great Dane, standing at 28 inches tall, with the shoulders, girth, and weight of a bull mastiff, well over 100 pounds, with dark brown stripes all over him. To be totally honest, he did look terrifying, but he would sooner lick you to death than he would growl or even bark at you. I was 9 when we moved to the town this took place in. A small town with a church on every corner and a population of 2,000 narrow-minded people. We were a family of four. It was me, my younger sister, older brother, and our mother, with our entourage of animals. We had 8 dogs, 2 cats, 3 horses, and a few chickens, which soon grew into a small zoo. We were also a family of atheists, moving to a very churchy town. Needless to say, we didn't fit in, and we stood out like a sore thumb. Now that we have that out of the way, on with the story. So a few days after moving there, I decide to take Tiger for a walk, and have a look around town. Tiger could be walked without a lead, but as this was a new environment for the both of us, it was safer to put him on a lead. We lived just out of town along the highway, so it was about a 10-minute walk to town. And after a 5-minute walk uphill, there was a turn to a long stretch of road that leads into town. I was halfway down the long road when I hear someone shout, Hey! You! What do you think you're doing with that dog? Now, there were only 4 or 5 houses along that road with no traffic. So there was nobody else this person could have been yelling at. I look around and see a woman out of the front of her house walking towards me. Let's just call her Karen. Karen marches up to me and says, Are you deaf? I said, What do you think you're doing with that dog? I say to her, Walking him? Karen screams, He's dangerous. You better keep that mud away from me and my family if you know what's good for ya." I say okay and continued walking. She muttered something as I walked away, but I have no clue what it was. Now I didn't see her on my way back home, but we crossed paths about a week later. Only this time, she was in her car and Tiger wasn't on a lead. I took the same path the week before, only this time, I was closer to town than our first encounter. I heard a car coming up behind me, so I went to the side of the road and told Tiger to follow. We were walking on the side of the road as Karen comes up beside us, rolled down her window and said, Put that dirty mutt on a lead right now, or I'm calling the police. I tell her, he's fine to be off-leash, he's not dangerous, I promise, he's very well behaved. I do want to note that in the area this happened, it's legal to have a dog off-leash if the dog is well-behaved and under control by the owner. Karen then says, he's not fine, he's scaring my kids. I also want to note that she was the only person in the car and I've never ever seen her kids. I then tell her, I'm sorry ma'am, but he's a good dog. I then ask him to sit, stay, paw, etc. showing Karen that he is in fact well-trained. But do you think this helps settle the wild Karen? Of course not. She screams, You'd better get that dog put down before he kills someone. He's scaring my kids. I tell her, Your kids aren't even in your car, lady. I'm sorry, but I have to go. I continued walking to town in the hopes that Karen would leave me alone. But no, the lunatic followed alongside me for most of the way, until I somehow managed to lose her by turning into a small side street. I didn't have a mobile phone, so I stopped at a shop to use their phone to call my mom to get me. The only way home was the road that her house was on, and I didn't want another encounter with her again. Now, I wish I could say that this was the only bad encounter I had with her, and the other entitled people in that town, but... It's not. So Opie does post a picture of the gentle giant, and the dog is right here, guys. Looks like an absolute sweetheart. Like, I get that some people don't like big dogs, and some people are scared of dogs, but that's no excuse to just shout at a random person to get rid of their dog, and that it shouldn't be alive. But hey, that's Entitled People, guys. I hope you enjoyed the stories in this one. If you did, hit that thumbs up. And if you missed the last episode of our slash Entitled People, a Karen repeatedly trespasses to swim in Opie's private pool, And she gets taught a lesson that she won't forget. Actually, her whole family does. Check it out if you haven't. And myself and Stevie Boy will see you guys in the next one. We love you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus...